Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Zoe, welcome to the show. I'm excited about having you on. You know, anytime I get to talk about construction technology, you know, that is my favorite thing to talk about. So uh, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having us. You know, it's it's awesome. Uh, as I got into your company, I noticed you guys do a lot of different type of construction technologies. Why don't you take our audience through that a little bit? Well, um, so we are a construction robotic company. We have um, different applications, um, meaning replacing some of the trade um, by, by robot. Uh, right now, our main application is uh, uh, 3D concrete printing. We started this research over um, five years ago, and we did a lot of testing in our material, uh, machine learning, the movement of the, the arm. And uh, we have finished um, a few, quite a few projects already. Uh, right now, we are uh, bringing the whole technology here in, in US, and uh, we are building up the, uh, the, the company here. No, that's cool. You know, so who's the founder of the company? Is there is there like one main tech person that's that's kind of get the genius order? Is there a group of people that, that are doing this? Oh, right now the the main um, genius behind this is uh, Professor Xu. He's actually dean of um, architecture school for Tsinghua University, which is uh, equivalent of MIT in in China, and he used to teach uh, in a lot of American uh, universities as well. Um, uh, he is still uh, in China do, uh, running the research and the, the design and for us. And uh, his son, um, Z, is, uh, is here with me uh, to build a company. And uh, we are here to, uh, to run everything day-to-day base. You know, that is, uh, you, you, you need both, right? You need to have kind of the person with the, the vision, the creator, and oftentimes they're not the ones that can do a great job of selling the product. And, you know, I talk to entrepreneurs almost every day, and one thing that I notice is they, they get caught up in one or the other one. You know, they, you're a great uh, uh, creator, but then when it comes to actually selling the product, uh, it's not their forte. And uh, it's great that you guys have uh, kind of split the team up to have, uh, you know, him, him do one and you're doing the other part of it, which is, which is great. So uh, talk to me a little bit about, uh, uh, so he got this idea. Uh, 3D printing is by far one of the coolest new things that are happening in the construction world. And, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about uh, that and how you guys are approaching it. Um, right now, um, there is two main types uh, for 3D printing. One is uh, the, the gantry system and the one is by robotic arm. Um, the gantry system, uh, basically every company, they invent their own machine. And uh, uh, first it costs a lot of money. And also, um, you know, because a lot of them, they coming from the construction background, they coming from different backgrounds. So they are necessary, uh, they are not necessarily uh, building the most efficient machines. And uh, our approach is we, we're using robotic arm 
uh, our system is based on Koka Robotics, which is a German company found uh, in late uh, 1800, actually. And uh, so it's a very mature system. And uh, thinking about this as a car and an engine, so we have a very good engine. It's very uh, flexible, um, very easy to maintain, very mature. And also um, we can use this uh, as, as we, um, as the research goes on, we can apply different trade with uh, uh, just by uh, switching all the different two head. That's, that's our approach. Um, also by, because um, also by doing that, uh, we can dramatically uh, saving costs uh, in, uh, in, few, uh, in few areas. First, as a machine itself, um, our each units cause only a friction, um, a fraction of uh, like the gantry system. And also like the setting up the transportation, um, the setting up uh, time um, is uh, dramatically shorter than the gantry system. Also the, the transportation, the setting up cost uh, is also very lower. Uh, we, ha we have done all, all this um, um, research and then we have the, the data to show. So, so with the robotic arm, let's talk about that a little because you know there's two kind of schools of thought, right? The gantry yeah. system seems like okay, the you, you go set that up, and then you have the area within the gantry that uh, you kind of kind of can service, right? You you yeah. know kind of go over an area, and you know, and then you can raise the gantry, and it depends on how big they are. And I've I've seen a bunch of different kinds from you know folks that are doing robots that are tying a rebar on a gantry system, uh, finishing robots. There's you know a, a lot of different opportunities from the gantry to move that bot around right to move that, yeah. um, that, that machine around which somewhat makes sense and then and then the other part with with the arm so you guys are using an arm and typically with an arm there's a little bit more setup right there's a little bit more you need a base for that right and for that thing to be as, as perfect you know as, as perfect as science it needs a pretty solid base so let's talk a little bit about how do you set up what's the setup for uh for the arm in a project um well, actually, um, in our experience, the arm actually needs a less setup. So for gantry system, they have to pour in two different columns and they set up the, the, the machines. And for us, we just, um, uh, so we just need to have a flat space, which, is, which will be the, the, um, the flat area, which will be the, the flooring for the house in each, like uh, eventually. And after that, we can just place our robot um, with uh, some, uh, some with reels and some without reels. And uh, uh, we have done the, the testing from um, from unpack um, from unpack to setting up with uh, about four hours with two labor. And uh, uh, all we need is actually just a forklift. Uh, some some of the gantry systems they use like cream and uh, like more expensive and. Uh, um, like bigger machinery, and uh, all we need is just forklift, basically. You know, I think that's, you know, each group is working on different designs, right? So they're the gantry folks are over there work on their their design, and you guys are working on yours. And to me, I kind of honor all paths, whatever you know. To, they continue to study, to learn, and I kind of feel like it's this is like human AI. Right, we're trying to solve a problem of mobile uh, being able to get more done uh, robotically. Right, as and as you guys look at the arm, your arm, the designs that it creates are really impressive. Right, some of the stuff that uh, it can do. So, I think it's neat to talk about that. You know, just seeing. All right, so now you guys have figured out setting up. So, can you imagine the future of it being able to roll over to a location, park itself, 
and then build build a building and then roll away when you're when it's done? Oh um, yes, I think uh, that's definitely will be the future. And also uh, by not only doing the three D printing because three D printing essentially only replacing the framing of the building. And uh, you know, with the like the arm movement, I we think it can uh, replace more trade. Like for example, like putting on drywalls, uh, inject insulation, painting, and uh, hopefully when the 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 work is done, it can <laughs> it, it can it can uh, get get back on the track by itself. That's what we hope. And then drive away, right? So, I mean, that, that's that you know that's what you can squint your eyes today and start to see the future, right? You can almost see, you know, a little bit of that breakthrough as, as the, as we tackle one thing at a time. So right now it's got the exoskeleton of the building, right? It's got that portion of it. Later on, you put it, you know, it, it drops off one attachment, picks up another attachment. It can do insulation. It drops off that one, puts in another one on, it, it can do wiring, right? Drywall, right? You can see how that robotic arm can get. Now, how do you guys, as, as you start to work with that, you know, you, you solve, uh, what's what's the what does it take to solve the next idea? How do you get from one to the next one, and what's what's the steps you're going through to make those transitions? Um, well, right now we are um, trying to uh, build more projects um, in United States as uh, like the three D printing part, and uh, for our research, well, some some we can see right now and some we cannot see. Um, but for example, we are uh, working on a, uh, another robot kind of um, sending the concrete, you know, the, the concrete flat surface. That's uh, what we work right now. We can we can actually talk about. Um, but also, um, we we also want to like replace um, different trees little by little um, by by seeing that sometimes you know it might be um, things um, not necessarily like very grant but actually make a lot of economic sense like for, for, for example very small example like like cutting cutting countertops right and the um, right now for it's, it's, it's uh, creating a lot of dust a lot of like um, the, the uh, during the process is very heavy and uh, a lot of times you know uh, people can make mistakes and uh, the, 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 the material itself is very expensive. And so it's um, so it's need a lot of cares, um, like for example, and then if we're using a robotic arm, arm to to do that, and that's a, that that process is quite expensive as, as well. Right now, a national average is anywhere from um, like nine hundred to four grand just by cutting it, and that that just that part can easily like be replaced by a robotic arm. So that's just one example. So we are not necessarily looking to do the next like grandsing like for example building a high scraper by by robot uh, like little by little we want to replace the things very uh, repetitive um, unhealthy for humans and also uh, make economic sense for uh, for all parties you know I, I think we're noticing it as we go into the robotic field right it, that, that makes sense right to knock off one thing at a time you know, I'm working with multiple brands that are moving over to robotics. And what I notice is that it's not um, as, as much as it is inventing the machine to do the idea, the workflow has to change, right? The way that we look at the setup of a job site, the way that we look at, you know, and some of the stuff that's made it possible with BIM technology, being able to take a digital idea and bring it into the physical world, that's really where you're seeing that momentum, right? If you, if you kind of go along construction history forever, 
there was kind of we're you know last couple hundred years we're very very stagnant in, in development bim yeah. comes along and now all of a sudden you're seeing the curve uh move up you know quite rapidly and you know being able to see that what has to change also though is the workflow stuff that we're doing right there's a, still a lot of the cowboy mentality on job sites right being able to go to robotic we need a lot more precision right and, and in order to get precision we have to really develop uh the the front side of a project a lot clearer so that you know that robot shows up at a spot that they can, can execute on it's got it, you know the space is regulated in a way that uh, makes it very you know um, uh, static and and you know robots need a pretty precision site to work on so I, th I think a lot of that transition you're going through is as much on the materials on the, on the equipment side it's also on the workflow side um yes i agree with you a hundred percent um one of the big issue in construction is you know from design to engineering to uh to build it it's a lot of information loss a lot of um uh, you know like a lot of information loss uh, time and money um but uh, um, by digitalizing everything can streamline the, the process and also the reason why we are doing all this research for example just uh, the concrete printing we actually spent over 180,000 hours into our material research. That's why like, we can print like, things like sculptures and overhanging uh, designs. Um, so th the reason why we spend so much uh, time and energy in our research is we want to do the hard work in our lab. So people on site only need to uh, get it done fairly easily. Um, so the, for, for, for the labor, for, the, uh, uh, for our labors, and we can just find them, you know, through like Craigslist and a very entry level labor job. Even the Wu uh, Jiazhuang farmhouse we print, we actually hire uh, local villagers. So they, they are not necessarily like skilled labor. So like um, the, the and they, they, are, they, they don't really necessarily to need to have like be a very like strong, um, you know, male to, to operate the machine. Um, so yeah, so we, we want to do all the hard work in the in the lab, so like people on, on the job site can have a um, can you know can have a fairly easy um, work. Well, I, I think that's exactly right. I mean, now, you know, if if we can transition over to robotic support, right? And I think that's the thing that uh, uh, that's exciting. You know, I think sometimes when you say robots, people think of Terminator. Right, they, they they imagine the little finger. Remember in Terminator, there was that finger that attacked you. Like there was like the world's going to end, robots are going to take over, and somehow or another, you know, there's there's a little bit just a group of people out there who are so afraid of this evolution to robots, and it may be right. And and so that uh, if we don't do this properly, the future may have some issues. But uh, as we start to walk down that path, the things that robots really are going to be good at are the things that are terrible for us, right? The jobs that are repetitive and dangerous, the ones that are, are you know, um, static in idea. And I think that what happens is today, our labor pool is so limited, right? Where every person I, I know on just about every job site needs more people. And when, yeah. the, when, when robots, uh, you know, can come into play and start to, you know, uh, support you differently, like you said, I, I think you can spread out your labor pool much differently. You, you, now yeah. uh, it could be villagers or it could be, uh, you know, where it was a big burly man, it might be uh, a younger person or an older person. 
and they don't need as much physical conditioning as they did uh, when, you know, in our early days when we carried heavy, heavy stuff and you needed big, strong, you know, men to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Also, um, well, skilled labor is, is, we have a big shortage in skilled labor, you know, like even for, for small stuff, like just for example, cutting stones. If you, if you don't know that well, you may um, injure yourself and uh, it's, it's required, it, you know, it's very heavy, uh, uh, have, have a lot of heavy lifting and also like the precision, how you design, how you cut it. But all this movement is easily to be replaced uh, by robot. But we are not really replacing uh, the jobs. We just, um, uh, you know, we just provide bad, better tools. Essentially, that, that's what it is. Yeah, you know, I, I think sometimes we want to tiptoe around like, oh my God, we're going to replace humans. And people are afraid to have that conversation. I'm like, look, if a robot is taking over your job, you had a crappy job. Yeah, I mean, your job was probably dangerous and repetitive, right? I mean, if, if a robot took over your job, it, it now, as you, as you start to get out of that crappy job, and now you can look up and go, all right, now I've got someone else is doing the repetitive, dangerous, heavy job. Now I can do a more technical job. I can, I can go back, you know, and, and the people who did that job before are the best candidates to support the robot, right? It's always, it always seems to me that uh, as we go into robotics and we do that conversion or we go to automation of any kind on a job site, the people that did the physical work seem to be the best adapted to understanding how to set up and, and, and uh, start to operate the, ne the, the automated system. Yeah, and also like, um, like for example, like when they are man handling the materials, and if they can just manage two robots to work at the same time, and you can, you know, actually have a better income as well. A lot of time um, in in construction, like all this job, they are very like you know, um, it's it's kind of um, it is 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 very repetitive. It's very uh, I, I don't want to say, but sometimes it can it can be dead end. But if you um, if like if you if we deploy more more robot and better tools, uh, the construction efficiency can can come up, and it's actually will be more profitable for everybody. Yeah, I think if you look across our society, right? If if you go back to my grandfather's my, my great great grandfather, he was a carpenter, right? And if you wanted to work with my great 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 grandfather, you would have to go to my great 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 grandmother's house and you because he'd be on a job site somewhere working and, you, and you'd have to go over to her house and you have to sit down for three hours and she'd have to have coffee with her and tea and you'd have to talk her you'd have to get her to like you so that she would tell my grandfather right and then my grandfather if she if she told him he would then go over your house somewhere in the future and then yeah. you know they would they would do one project at a time and you know it was very labor intensive very slow communication and as we continue to automate right as we start to go automation Right. What ends up happening is if you look around today, I don't know that our lives are any easier. Right. I, I don't know that. Exactly. I, I, don't, I don't know that really. I think they're faster. Right. We're going a lot faster, but we're all doing a lot more. We're actually getting a lot more done. My, my grandfather's time, my great grandfather's time, you know, he worked on one project at a time. Go ahead and you tell me you work on one project a day. No way. Right. We're all doing two and three and four things at a time. Uh, you know, while managing families and and businesses and and you know cell phones and you know all the things that we manage on a given day, I don't know that life gets easier. But now we can do more, which ultimately, if you look around, 
I'm seeing society kind of doing a much better job, right? You're, you're noticing, all right, people are living pretty darn good. Now we're eating pretty regularly. We're having, you know, society is starting to do well, as long as we don't go kill each other with some stupid wars or something, but, or pandemic, uh, we're all doing, you know, the society, we're, 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 we're growing at a pretty steady pace and technology is helping that process, right? Not just the, 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 you know, the software technology, but the, the physical technology, things like robotic robots are, are helping out pretty well. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let me go back. You hit on a couple of things. I, I rolled over pretty quickly. But uh, so material sciences are, to me, are one of the neat big frontiers, right? I'm noticing that uh, as we, uh, you know, brands like you guys that are out there inventing multiple construction technologies, the material technologies are a big part of that, right? In order to get... Uh, materials that work in the in, in uh, 3D printing, um, you know that's that's a big one right there. What are some of the uh, uh, works that you're doing that are you know working through the material sciences? Um, well, so the the res our research hours are actually mostly in, in materials uh, because 3D printing uh, concrete is actually a 4D um, material. You know, it's, it's, we, we have to achieve the strength within a certain time and uh, uh, it cannot be too fast or too slow. It has, has, a, uh, has to have a certain uh, consistency when it uh, roll out of the, the printing nozzle. Um, on top of that, because we want to uh, print things with more design, we want to have more uh, ability to do the overhang. So it has to have the, the, the right strength and the uh, a lot of time, like some, some other 3D printing companies, they, uh, what, what they don't tell, tell you is uh, each layer, they have to uh, wait about like 10 minutes so they can print another layer. And that's actually uh, a, lot of, um, a lot of time will be in the waiting. But for us, we can just print um, one layer on top of another consistently. So that's one thing. And a lot of people was very uh, concerned about the, um, the, the carbon footprint because we're actually using concrete. Uh, but the truth is um, because we don't need uh, the, the framework. So just by that, we don't need to um, build up the, uh, we save a lot of lumber and uh, that's also associated with, with money and the, and the time. And also because uh, uh, with 3D print and we, um, using the big modeling system. So we analyze the model, we can minimize the usage of the concrete, which is another big cut from the traditional method. Uh, on top of that, we will keep on, we are, we are keep doing research in, um, and to, uh, in other materials like handcrete and all these kind of things. So, so yeah, so I, I would like to say, you know, like as, as a technology involved, uh, we can actually build better building more efficiently uh, and more eco-friendly as well. I, th I think that's neat. You know, as your material sciences continue to evolve and, you know, sometimes it feels like you're on the bleeding edge, not just a leading edge, you're on the bleeding edge, right? You're, you're going through and discovering all these new ideas, right? So you, you figure out, all right, here's a 3D printing arm. You get the arm to work. Now you start working on the materials, right? Here's how I get the materials to work and actually make it so that I can print faster, right? How fast can, you know, you, you can see a time in the future where that arm is going 
50 times faster than it does today right as material science is smarter and you know i, I don't i you know i looked at my doctor's office my dentist's office i used to uh, go to my dentist's office and they would put a tooth in and i you know the drying time for the material was for now they got some sort of light they use and it hardens it instantly i'm like ah. you know it's amazing some of the stuff that's happening in material sciences across the world and as we continue to uh, break through that next level of, of idea. I go, great. Now I've got uh, these materials or these hardeners or th this, this stuff that, that uh, uh, the material that we used to build the building. You know, I, I had a podcast with a group that had a material that they were using that's self-healing, right? Yeah. It's got a, like a bacteria that they put into it. And as a wall cracks, it, uh, the, you know, any, any airflow that goes inside there causes uh, the material to self-heal itself. And, you know, I think that's kind of fun as we keep learning and groups like you that are that are on that front edge of that, you know, that's exciting. I mean, that that's where, you know, the young people in the business, a lot of people didn't want to go into construction. Yeah. But what I'm noticing is that today, because of companies like you, that you guys are out there inventing new ideas, right? Why do people love Elon Musk? He's out there on the, he's being bold. Right, you guys are being bold. You're out there on the bold edge of of the uh, of the world, and I think that's that's a pretty neat spot to be. It's inspiring, right? It, I think people want to be a part of that vision, that goal, right? To to really recognize that you guys are a leader in bold thinking. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that's a great comment. Thank you so much. Um, construction is a big industry. Uh, we definitely want to see more people involved and more ideas bring, uh, brought in. Like, like, for example, as you mentioned, like how fast we can print. We can print two meters per second. But, uh, you know, like some, sometimes on construction site, if we finish printing the, the framework for, for like three days or if we finish in two days, doesn't make any more difference because like all the other trees has to come in like the plumbing electrical um like flooring all these other tree has to come in so um only if all the other trees begin to like more um, um like people can put them up more efficient the whole uh you know productivity can really increase so so it's a lot of uh, different angles in the in, in this whole industry people can work on we definitely want to see more, uh, you know, uh, innovative people um, coming in. Well, I think this is just natural, right? That's a natural part of the progression. So you guys figured out 3D printing of the shell, right? Yeah. And, and you go, well, great. I, just because I can go faster, great. But now the problem is it's not doing much good if the rest of you guys can't catch up and and and, and aggregate this this uh, this opportunity, right? If you guys can't add on to this and really make this whole thing, the collectives of this, a much faster process, what good am I going to do, right? It does not make sense for the building for me to run, get this done, and then it sits there for, you know, three or four or five days to to get that finished. So I think that's, you know, some stuff that we're going to notice, and, and it, it now creates opportunity. Okay, great. You guys are printing 3D buildings. I, you know, I keep asking folks, why are we not, why are our electrical and our plumbing hookups not becoming that same, same way? Why aren't they harness, right? You know, if, if it's a BIM model, we know, yeah. the, we, we know the product really well, just like the automotive business. They don't have a guy inside, the, inside of their uh, wiring a car up. It's a harness. It's a pre-wired, pre-engineered, a precise 
uh, 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 you know, belt of, of wires that gets laid right into the car and pulled, pulled right through, and it matches up perfectly. Here's where the headlights, and here's where the taillights, and here's where the, right? It, it doesn't, there's not some guy or some human inside the vehicle trying to wire the car up. It's, it's a harness. And now that we've got BIM technology, you guys have, you know, well, first of all, that, that now inspires the next group, right? When does when a great electrical group come out and go, hey, great, we've got, we've got the electrical harness that, that goes right along with that model right there. And because yeah. we have technology, we can see it. And what's great about that is we can now in a laboratory, you all rate that, right? Now it's a, it becomes a much safer, a, a much safer product than ever before, right? Yeah. It should be a, a prefab of you know, like a hybrid between onsite and offsite um, construction. A lot of people only want to solve the problem, including Elon Musk, they only want to solve it with a prefab way. But sometimes prefab doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily good. Uh, a, right now the cost is still very high. Um, and, uh, and also uh, it's, it's good for very uh, repetitive um, buildings. Uh, like 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 for example like hotel, some of the hotels apartment building, but a lot of times um, you know human have different needs and a lot of like even for residential homes people want different designs configurations uh, you know they have personal preference I don't think um, prefab prefab can solve all the problems so I think um, onsite and offsite more more automotive um, construction will be. Uh, you know, we'll 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 be the future. That's that's what what I think. No, I mean for sure. There, ha material sciences will now give you that ability to do that. You know, as you're designing a building and you look at it, and go well. Here, I'll use these harnesses and this, these lights and these fixtures, but we'll 3D print the building on site. Right on site, we'll have a perfectly designed uh, 3D uh, print, uh, print, and these are the parts and components that we're going to put into that. And I think that you know that's the stuff that um, you know we we can't see that yet. You know, I think the problem is that we are uh, most of the business is still stuck in its old ways of seeing things. It sees two by fours and four by eights sheets of plywood. It sees things from the past, right? And then you start to saying. Well, you guys come along and you start inspiring people. Oh, look, we can 3D print right on site. Yeah. Now, now that gets that gets pretty, pretty, you know, pretty sexy, right? Now all of a sudden you've got this uh, new idea, and oh, maybe I could do that. Oh, maybe oh, maybe I could have a 3D printed house. I could customize my house to be exactly like I want it to be, and because I'm now doing it in BIM. I can see the structural components. You know, before the structural components were so rigid because you had people went to the same toolbox every time. You, yeah. you go, you go in there, you go a four by eight. Here's a here's a, a two by four. Here's what yeah. the structural component of a two by four does. And then you know the kind of structural engineer knows to do that. But as we start to do it in BIM and we can start to model these things much differently, I can start doing structural understand my structural components. Uh, you know, in that BIM model. Uh, way different than I ever did before, which will give me so much more flexibility in design. Yeah. Um, well, uh, construction industry is, is such a big industry. It's changed slowly. And uh, it's actually um, not that bad thing, you know, because we are building things will last for a, a, at least like another 100 years. And uh, to, to, when you have when you have the new ideas and we have, you know, uh, we, we build it out slowly and with consci uh, conscious, it's actually 
in my mind, is actually a good thing. So we want to um, like, and also each project, we are some sometimes we'll take some time to execute as well. But eventually, uh, when when it makes economic sense, and uh, more and more uh, things will be uh, changed, I think that will be one of the driving factors as well. Yeah, I mean, look for, for hundreds of years, maybe even thousands of years. You know, we've we've built almost the same. I think the you know the biggest change we've had is the cordless screw gun, right? Maybe some cranes and some 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 big equipment, but pretty much what we're doing in the construction world becomes very, uh, very much the same. It hasn't changed much, like you said. People are creatures of habit, but as you guys you know start doing. You know, you start looking at one robotic arm, then you start looking at job sites with two robotic arms. You can imagine job sites with 10 robotic arms all working simultaneously to build all kinds of unique and amazing structures uh, yeah. you know, together. You know, that future of this game becomes really, really neat, right? You start imagining, you know, them rolling into a job site. Today, you know, what you're, what you're using you know, I, I hate to use it because the, the production crew, you guys are going to bust my chops. They, they bust my chops all the time about, you know, uh, they're, it, this is the bag phone. I don't know if you ever had a bag phone. I, when cell phones first came out, they came with this big giant bag. Right, and yeah. you had to carry it around, and it was, you know, you had to put it on your table, you had to carry it in your car, and it, you know, it communicated to the tower, and it was really expensive. A lot like we're doing right now. The robotic arms today are. They're heavy, they're arduous to work with, but we're just trying to solve the problem, right? Exactly. Trying to figure out how they work, the material sciences, not just that, the software that it takes to do it, right? How to integrate the software and the BIM model together. So as you're solving all of these problems uniquely and excitingly, right? Now they get smaller, they get lighter, they get faster. You know, you, all of a sudden you get 10 robots or, you know, or more working on a job site much much faster right you get 10 of these arms going and they start printing much much faster right and, and it's drying faster it's hardening faster with different techniques those those answers start happening and all of a sudden you start looking at oh wow this, the price will drop right the opportunities right yeah. the if you look, look at our phones today they're, yeah. they're, they're better looking than ever before right they're they're neat uh you know and they're getting even crazier where, where they're going in the future I was just in Dubai looking at new technology out there, and I was like, wow, they're the stuff that uh, the innovation that's coming in the communication world, uh, you know, gets even better. So I, I think that's the thing. Is it's hard to see from here where we're going, but, you know, you guys are doing an amazing job of, of starting and not even, even starting. Actually, now you're a few steps into it. And uh, let's talk about you guys have multiple um, uh, robots, right? You have multiple bots that you're using. Let's talk a little bit about those. Oh, uh, we have three types. Um, we have the uh, rig uh, zero, which is a fixed uh, robot, and uh, it can. Um, and also we have the rig one, which is uh, the robot on the rail, and then we have rig two, which is uh, 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 the robotic arm on a, a scissor lift. Um, uh, platform and with two rails. So our, our system is pretty, pretty modular. That's why we can bring very small um, product to uh, very big, um, as small as you want and as big as you want. Um, and the, uh, even the, the project with uh, like the, the parking in Shenzhen, we actually deployed uh, four robots 
um, and that's a uh, that's a park over 500 55,000 square feet. And that, that's a park over uh, 55,000 square feet, and we printed over 2,000 objects from the uh, from design to finished construction. Uh, we managed to do that within um, two months, and the cost is um, is, uh, is is relatively low compared to traditional method because like the sculpture by itself can cost a fortune to make. And sometimes it may never come out uh, the way they designed. You know, you know that's uh, you know th that's a big part of those those transitions, right? You're starting to get design. I, I, I've seen your your bridges that you've done. I mean, uh, the uh, parking, all the stuff that you guys are doing. You know, you continue to those those are the frontiers, right? They're like little battlefronts that you're working on that you keep passing through the next battlefront. Right? You're learning, you're trying out new spots. Everybody in the team gets to try on uh, innovative ideas from the design team uh, to the actual execution team. Everybody's getting to do uh, a, a touch in that, and, and and I hate to say it again, but it inspires me, right? It's, it, it inspires me to do uh, big ideas with it, right? I start looking and going, all right, what can we build that will be unique? Uh, you know, unique. Can you can you use this uh, arm to adapt uh, older buildings? How can you site adapt? Uh, you know, existing spots in the world. Uh, you know, continue to look at uh, that. So the three different arms you have: you got the arm itself, then yeah. you got the, the gantry system. Right, so the robotic arm that that's on the robotic arm, and then you have the robotic arm that's on the on the on the on the. Uh, uh, this is a lift platform. This is a lift So that's that's the, that's an arm on there. Yes, also arm on there, with a with a two rails. That's so we can print higher uh, higher uh, taller structures. Neat. And what are some of the other uh, stuff that you, that's on the front? I I heard you sneak out a little bit about uh, about your floor polishing machines. Yes, we are working on that right now. Come like on, to, um, to, uh, I, want, I want the inside scoop. Give me the inside scoop. Tell me about what you're doing. <laughs> no, that, that uh, I, will, I will let you know when we have uh, something more to show. You will be the first one to know. Awesome. You got to make sure you bring it out here because look, we love new stuff. We love it. I, you know, it's just, it's fun when uh, we watch groups like you guys continue to break through these fronts. You know, uh, the robotic arm is for sure uh, neat. And uh, as you guys get better and better and better at it, you know, look, I'd, I'd love to go to one of your, do a live broadcast from one of your projects. So uh, as you're, as they're coming up and uh, your group uh, does, look, I like to go out to, to your R and D lab. Like I love going to R&D lab. So if you got a chance to bring me out to uh, your founder, I'd, I'd, I'll go out there and do a live broadcast from there. And uh, it's exciting to uh, watch you guys, uh, the way that you're thinking, the innovation that you're putting out there. You're on the leading edge of it. You know, uh, Zoe, it, it is, it's fun. My conversations with you have been really interesting. I, I, I want to continue to watch you uh, advance in the world. And if I can shed light on the work you're doing, uh, please make sure you you bring it back to the show. Uh, we'll be excited to continue to do that. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we will love to having you on in our lab and also on our job site. Uh, yeah, thank thank you so much for your time, and uh, this is this has been this is really fun.
Well, awesome. Uh, make sure that, uh, hey, guys, if you guys like the podcast, please take a second right now. Just please, for me right now, uh, like to like and subscribe for me. And if you could share this with your friends, you know, that's the only way we know that we're doing okay. If you got some other people you want us to talk to or some of you want to ask or a question you have for us, please, please, please take a second and put that down in the comments right now. Uh, if you could like and subscribe, it makes all the world a difference to, to me and and the people that come on, on the show. So uh, thanks for being on the show today, Zoe Zhao. I'm, I'm grateful for the work that you guys are doing and uh, look forward to you coming back on here and uh, showing off more of the cool innovations that you're putting out there. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Monategi. Always looking for people to bring insight into the industry, finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share it with your friends.